I've told you, I'm going to use my announcer voice the whole time. Probably because that way you can avoid talking about the hard stuff if you have in a different voice. <laughs> Damn it, you've already nailed me. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, you're on air with Ella. Welcome back. Listen, I want to catch you up on a couple of things. If you have not listened to the past couple of shows, you might be a teensy bit lost. So go back and just dig into episodes 82 and 83. And then you'll be all caught up to where we are here with Andrea Owen today on episode 84. You will remember Andrea Owen from episode 66. She is a powerhouse. And I'm really excited to bring her back on today to talk about the piece of the pie called social life, which I translated for the purposes of this show to friendships and social life. And Andrea will tell you in this episode what mistake I made in doing that. We'll get into that. But stick around after the show when I share my takeaways with you because I learned a lot about me. I'm actually, this was... (laughs) This was a rather educational show for me personally, and I am letting it all hang out. So you get to hear it, and I'll come back on after we talk to Andrea and share my takeaways with you. The first thing I want to do, though, before we do that, I've just got to acknowledge a few people on the air. I want to say a big fat thank you to Char J, Mal about it, to JHG Fresh, to Sarah Pink Seven. Nikki4213 and Hawkeye Girl1987. And I want to say thanks to all of you because you guys gave some really beautiful, brilliant shout outs in iTunes and I saw you. And I just want to say, hey, thanks for taking the time. I really, really appreciate that. You guys are funny and you keep me laughing and you keep me grateful. And thank you so much for the amazing reception and all the love you guys have been pouring all over me since I came out of the closet as a struggler in episode 82. I don't think I was ever really in the closet on that one, but I was scared to be that vulnerable with you guys. And the most accurate thing that I can say is I should have talked to you sooner. I should have put all of this out there sooner. You guys have been absolutely amazing. I don't know why I felt like I should carry this all by myself for so long. But anyway, enough of the melodrama. Let's go to Andrea and then stick around for my takeaways at the end of the show. Here we go. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella and I'm bringing back a friend of mine, super special guest, Andrea Owen. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Andrea, you've been on the show before, and I loved the episode so much that I recently re-released it. I'll share that with everybody, but it had it was such a powerful show, and we talked a lot about you in that show, um, and so a lot of my peeps know who you are already, but for mm-hmm. those who don't, tell us who you are. So I'm Andrea Owen, and I am a mom and a wife and a life coach, and I primarily help smart, high-achieving women who struggle in the areas of that nasty inner critic and perfectionism, and we work on some kind of deep topics, and that's what we, we talked about that in our, our first episode. Like, I, I kind of threw us in the deep end. 
You do that. But you're a good swimmer. You <laughs> <laughs> do that. So everyone looks and figures belt on. So you guys, here's why I asked Andrea to come back on. As a part of this series that we're doing about the life balance wheel, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to go back and listen to the previous couple of episodes, and you got to grab that wheel, the graphic, the worksheet that I've provided in social media. I've got it everywhere you look. I've got it on the blog, etc. Okay, so start there. But... The reason I asked Andrea to come back on is because I want to go to people that operate in kind of this personal development and wellness and mindset space, any one of those arenas. And I want to bring them back on to talk about none of those things. I want to talk about these pieces of the the life balance wheel. And Andrea I've brought on today to address the slice of the pie that's labeled social life, which I have labeled personally as social life slash friendships, because mm-hmm. there are a couple relationship slices on our wheel, Andrea, and I've assigned like intimate relationships to one and then parenting to the familial relationship slice. But social life, I'm talking specifically about friendship. And I needed you to come on the show to talk to about that because frankly, Andrea Owen, you're really good at friendships. Oh, well, thank you. You I are. I haven't always been. Trust me. Well, it's obvious <laughs> from your work, from a professional standpoint, it's obvious from your work that you espouse the value of friendships, especially amongst women. But mm-hmm. also, I mean, I know you and you're really good at this. And I'm like the crappiest friend right now. And I'm fully like, I'm totally out of the closet on that issue. And I was like, Andrea, you're really good at this. Can you come on the show and help us talk about why we should care, why this is important and like, you know, help. Why we should put more effort into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I want to start by saying you're being really hard on yourself. Like, I don't think that you're that crappy of a friend. Like if I... (laughs) Like if, if someone were to come and ask me, like on a scale of one to 10, how, you know, 10 being like the best friend in the world, how does LS score? I wouldn't be like, oh, she's like a two. I mean, I wouldn't be friends with you at all if you were a crappy friend. Like, what does that say about me? So I don't think that you're that bad. And I think that, <laughs> I think that what you're referring to, so let me tell your audience. Yes. So they already know about, cause you talked about that in uh, that, I think it was episode 81 yeah. about your, you took on a big project and with work and it took up a lot of your time and even before that I mean I felt like you had a lot going on with career wise yeah there was no there was no spare time originally and then I decided to pretend that there was and fill it Mm -hmm. (laughs) plus you know you're triathlete and 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 all of these things and I just I mean you have a lot going on and I think that like where I'm it's interesting because I make up where you're calling yourself a bad friend is because, and I'd love you to answer this because you're, you're not reaching out a ton and, but you do, you, you reach out like as much as I would expect you to. Well, it's interesting because I, yes, I'm a little bit like that. I'm being slightly tongue in cheek and yet not really. So let me, let me break down what I mean. I have never been, and I think pe- people have their own patterns, obviously, like some people have always had 1 million friends and they're always hyper plugged in and mm-hmm. they have 50 girlfriends that they're on the phone with, you know, at the same time. Um, and I have never been that person. So I've always, Which I don't think is healthy, by the way, I'm going to cut you off for a second. I don't think that's healthy. It has okay, 50 so we'll friends get into and that. is like, yeah. Okay. So continue. <laughs> okay. I have always been in the, I can count my close friends on one hand and I still got some spare fingers and that's always been the way that I've been. And 
people get burned. So to be frank with you, like I got burned early yeah. and then sort of frequently by by my girlfriends, much more so than, you know, a bunch of trauma with quote boyfriends in my life. Like my trauma came from my girlfriendships much sure. more so, much more so. Mm -hmm. And so that made me sort of not trust women. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, in a huge, massive way. So let's bring this up to present day. That's my baggage, right? But present day, you know, this wheel of life to me is so important because one thing I want to, I want to zoom out for just a second and make this really important point. Nobody is going to have a wheel at any given moment, unless they're lying to themselves, in my opinion. Like the whole point of the wheel is to see where you want to focus and where you might be low in something and want to improve or where you might be high in something. And frankly, you might want to make some trade-offs between slices, blah, 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 blah. But your wheel's going to look like a spider web when you connect the dots, really. Right. Okay. So, so I allowed my social life slash friendships to take a huge hit when I decided to focus on other slices of the pie. So this happens to people after they have a baby or if they have a child with any special needs or if they're going through trouble in their marriage or, you know, whatever. And, and they dial back in some areas to give the effort where they need to. And that's what happened to me. And so the few people that I really, really want to know what's going on in their life and how they are, and I want them to know that I love them and that I care about them. I've only been able basically to touch base and just send them love and barely connect. That's my story. Well, and I think that that's normal and I think that's okay. That's fine. Like I have those people too. So when it's interesting, I'm going to back up because you're talking about the wheel of life and you're separating social life, like is its own slice. And then your intimate life, which I'm assuming is just with your husband, like that's its own slice. And I have a different take on it. So I have my social life and like, these are the moms I see at the Girl Scout meetings. Um, I might go see a movie with them you know, I see the PTA moms, like at the pool, like those types of moms where I kind of know their life, but these aren't the women that I'm going to call in the middle of the night when I have to take my kid to the hospital and I need someone to come and watch my other kid. You know right, what I mean? Like right. the deep, deep friends. They're not the ones so, you call the post bail. Right, exactly. So <laughs> those friends that I, that we're just talking about, I would consider those my intimate friendships. And usually like the misconception is, is that we need like half a dozen or more of those women. And I know you have men listening too, or, you know, half a dozen of those friends. And that's not true. I think you're really lucky if you have two, if you have more than that, I think that you're going to be running yourself ragged, trying to be that person for those people. And so like, I have a best friend, she lives in, unfortunately, on the other coast. And she is my best friend. And I consider the, my friendship with her to be an intimate relationship. Like she is the person, and I'm going to get morbid on y'all for a second, but it's like, if my marriage, or no, I'll make it even worse. Like if the cops come to my door and tell me like your husband's been killed in a car accident, like who is the person that you're going to call and say, I need you to come to my house this instant. And, you know, and, and we'll just like take over for you. Like who is that person? And for me, that's Amy. And so, um, I just, I just don't, I feel like there's misconceptions about our friendships and we, and I, and I also want to, touch on what you said about being burned. So if you want to cut me off now, go ahead. Cause I'll talk about that too. No, I mean, we have so many things to talk about. So I want to talk about the getting burned and then like letting that sort of carry through for the rest of your life, which, you know, when you just put it out there, it obviously sounds ridiculous, but then also I want to talk about why having just a ton of friends around you at all times is actually not necessarily ideal and, and what you touched on earlier. So wherever you want to go, sister, 
I think that that what we see in the movies a lot, you know, it's like Sex in the City and, and all these, you know, it's, it's romanticized that we have these large group of friends. And I think that you can, but our seasons change. Like I had that group when I was, when I was in my twenties and, and, you know, my biggest priority was like going out to the club, but now I have a very, very different life. And so those friendships look different. And again, I mean, that just goes back to the point I was making about having just one or two really, really close friendships. And again, I just want to reiterate that these are the friends where you can tell your deepest, darkest secrets to, and which is a great segue to talk about, well, I'm not going to tell anyone those things because I've been stabbed in the back. I've been burned. And once you get to be, you know, around our age, it's probably guaranteed that that's happened to you before. And it's happened to me. And I think that the biggest reason that that happens in the first place for men and women, but I think mostly for women is that we don't know how to communicate. We We don't know how to tell people our feelings in a, in a way that comes across with grace and honesty and kindness and love, we offload stuff. You know, it's like we get hurt, someone hurts our feelings and we argue with them and we blame and we, you know, or we hold it in and hold it in and hold it in until something snaps. And then we just completely go off on that person. And I mean, raise your hand if you've ever done that. I I have, I have totally done that to my friends and I've had it done to me too. Or, you know, when we're younger, we, we, we talk about each other behind each other's backs. I mean, I shouldn't say we, but I've done it. I've done it because I was insecure and I wanted to hotwire connections with other people and like, Oh, I know this secret. So I'm going to tell you, so you will like me more. I mean, I wasn't thinking that consciously, but really that's, I, I think gossip is a way for us to connect with each other and not a very healthy way to do it, but I think that that's really the, the bottom line of why we're actually doing it. And it just, and it happens. And I think that, you know, we get to be our age and then we have, have all these stories made up in our mind that other people or, you know, women, as we're talking about this topic, are not to be trusted. So we put our walls up and then we don't have any friends and we can't figure out why we're so lonely and don't have that quote unquote person in our life. There's one major theme that we haven't brought up and that is that women compete with each other in the dumbest, uh-huh. dumbest ways. And it makes me insane, especially, Andrea, if you are, if you actually have your act together in any way, it's almost cause for discord with some of your female friends. Right. I, I, and I think that it's a biological thing how women compete with each other. Again, I wish it wasn't that way. But I think that for now, I mean, I'm at the point of my life where I just say that kind of stuff out loud. You know, <laughs> Yeah, you just call it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of saying what's there, and that's one of the things that that I do. I'll tell you, honestly, I don't share those moments with really anybody. I mean, I have a few friends who might ask me how something's going. You are amongst them. Uh, But I do not, if I have a success in any way, big or small, happy moment, I really don't share it with anyone other than my husband because of that vibe that you get. And and I'm probably hyper, hyper sensitive to it. And I might see it when it's not there. And please don't get the impression, guys, that I'm sitting here. I'm like, I am all that in the bag of chips. And like, if you can't handle it, that's not what I mean at mm-hmm. all. I'm just saying whether it's um a daily success or a larger professional success, these are actually cause for resentment instead of shared success amongst so many, historically speaking, relationships that I have had. Yes. So are you saying, let me, let me try to just clarify. So if say, say you, say you profited, I'm just going to make up numbers. Say you profited $5 million from, from village juice. And I, and you told me that, 
And I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. And then I like stopped calling you or was making like passive aggressive remarks or, you know, like, is that what you're saying? Like you're, you're worried that I might, um, hold resentments or is that what kind of what's happening? First of all, I love your story and guys village juice company is a business that I'm a partner in, um, (laughs) (laughs) that is part of my recent distraction. And that, yeah, I mean, that's an extreme example. And honestly, the the day-to-day examples are the ones that actually hurt more. So I'll give you a different example. I happened to dig my husband and we had dinner. This was a while ago. So if you are listening to this and you think I'm talking about you, I am not, I assure you. <laughs> but we had dinner with a couple of other couples and both of the wives made snarky comments in a very passive aggressive way, you know, cause that's our way. Mm-hmm. Um, about one of them said something like, Oh, I noticed you call him your husband a lot. Why don't you just call him by his name? Which I was like, uh, don't know how to respond to that. And then the other one made a comment about how we hold hands or touch a lot or something like mm-hmm. okay, that. Okay, okay. I have so much to say about that. Okay, okay. That's so, a great example. So so you just are like, oh, it just makes me want to protect. By the way, I, are we real? Is this like therapy for me? Because that's not Absolutely. what I meant to do. Because that's what I meant to do. <laughs> I know this that. I know. Show. You're so okay. devious. <laughs> You're so devious. But honestly, to, to zoom out of my life and just bring this home for everybody, I can't imagine there's a person listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Right. And again, it's just an example. And I, I think that here, here's what I want to know. Okay. Well, first of all, let me just make this point. Their snarky remarks and passive aggressive remarks have, and I know that this is really easy to kind of understand, but to actually own it is, is another story, but that doesn't have anything to do with you. That is own stuff. Okay. So you understand that. Oh yeah. And so I really just like raise my eyebrows and I'm kind of, and I mean, I will even say, I don't really know what to say to that. (laughs) So, okay, right. So, because it's kind of like an uncomfortable situation and, but what I just said, like, just say what's there. So you might in a loving way say, and it depends on the friendship and this is a huge risk and this is vulnerable, but it's to say, I feel like there's some kind of undercurrent that you might be meaning something that's not being said. Is something going on in your own marriage or something? Cause if there is, I'd be happy to hear it. Yeah. And what I would do, I think, is I would reserve that for my more intimate friendships. Right. Yeah. Th- those comments from that type of person, I just roll off on that. Mm-hmm. Well, good news. The formal part of our interview is now over. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Now I'm just going to talk to my friend Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to eavesdrop. <laughs> okay. Since we're doing Ella therapy right now. Um, I want to be the best me. I want to be feeling like I'm operating at 98% and I want to be an A plus version of me. Okay. Here's my point. When I'm not, I am very uncomfortable in social life, in building friendships. In fact, I feel like I'm walking around right now with a sign that's like, yeah, I'm out of shape. How do you like me now? (laughs) (laughs) I have so much to say about that. And I feel like I'm being judged by women for that and what I mean. and, And I'm not at all like, I'm not even a little bit. In fact, most people don't even know that I'm struggling with anything right now. But I have a huge hang up. And I know a lot of my listeners do too, Andrea, that Mm -hmm. if they're not feeling their best, like they don't want to be put themselves out there at all. Uh, Well, I think you're talking about two different things. So it's like the whole concept of not feeling good enough. If you aren't at a certain weight or body type or not eating right or not exercising or whatever. And then there's the whole other of when you are at that place in that place of not wanting to reach out to your friends. So you're, so you're isolating basically. Is that fair to say? Oh, a hundred thousand percent. I hope everybody doesn't mind that we're just like 
totally riffing. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I think this will be helpful for people. And I talk about this fairly a lot on my podcast and it's about people's triggers and identities and you just named yours. And so I'm going to speak to that for a second. So we all have these ways that we would love to be ideally perceived by other people. And, and I love that we're talking about the pie because this exercise is best done if you break down different parts of your life. So for instance, um, let's, let's give the work example because everyone can probably relate to that. So if you were going to bullet point all the ways that you, Ella, want to be perceived at work. So describe it. How do you want to be perceived at work by other people? Uh, high performing, cr- creates value, gets results. Yeah. And I could probably add to that. Like you want people to know that you are, that you have the experience, that you are reliable and trustworthy. It's like the list could go on and on of how ideally you would like to be perceived. You want that to be your ideal identity. Sure. And then on the flip side, and usually we don't realize that this is happening, but we all have these feared identities, like these, uh, like the, the least ideal perceptions of, of how people would see us. So here's what happens in our life. So whenever we are at risk for being perceived that way, or it actually happens because life happens and we make mistakes and we've all been at that like, oh crap moment where we make a mistake and other people are finding out about it and it's like panic ensues. (laughs) And that my friends is a dirty word called shame. And that can, can just wreak havoc in our lives. And what's really interesting in the work that I do is that Instead, what I teach people to do is go to their friendships and tell their story of what happened, you know, when it's appropriate. And that might be your husband, it might be your best friend, it might even be your therapist. But instead, what we tend to do is we either completely hide out, or we um, kiss up and try to like people please and bend over backwards to try to make up for what happened because we're so desperate to get back to that ideal identity. That's where perfectionism comes in. That's where chronic people pleasing comes in. And then, or sometimes for some people, they fight back and they might um, offload the hurt by lashing out at someone or blaming and pointing fingers. And they basically fight shame with shame. And so you're saying that when we don't, or as part of what you're saying, that when we don't actually have those go-tos, then it can actually be quite destructive in our lives. Absolutely. I mean, like that's when people run to an entire bottle of wine or the pantry and eat a whole thing of cookies. They might um, shop, and you know, and like, I'm just going to go spend money. Like the other day, something happened here Um, I got news that one of my close family members was uh, sick and I needed to go to Target. And I I told my husband, I probably shouldn't, I should avoid Target because of the way I'm feeling right now. I'm going to spend entirely too much money because I I know myself. And I when I am feeling all the feelings, because I'm sober, like I got sober. I mean, I used to run to an entire bottle of wine, but now I don't have that. So what's really good for me is to call my best friend and tell, tell her like, I'm scared. Cause that's vulnerable. You know, I, I want to be this tough, hyper-independent woman who doesn't take crap from anybody and I don't need anybody. You know, it's like, and a lot of us grew up in this like post-feminist movement where we were told by our mothers, like, honey, you can be anything you want. And that's great. But a lot of us heard we need to do everything, <laughs> including take care of ourselves and our feelings. And I'm here to say, that's not how we're biologically wired. We're not. We're wired for connection. So is that going back to something that you flagged earlier? Is that what's quote wrong with having a thousand friends 
Right. And I, I think that, um, and I actually interviewed a woman on my podcast, her name's um, Shasta Nelson, and, and we can link to her books. And, and she talks about this a lot, how you have like different categories of friends. And I know it sounds very elementary school, like you're my first best friend and Ella's my <laughs> second best friend. And you know, and that might change, but I think that it's, it's still true. And I think that you can have like those, those one or two people where you are close to, and then you have this other category of friends and that might shift around a little bit, depending on the seasons. And I mean, I have one friend that I always go to for recovery and sobriety stuff. And she's also a mom because my best friend is a normal drinker and she doesn't have children. So, I mean, there are some things I go to certain friends for and others that I don't. What are some of the other things that make friendships actually important? Something we should nurture? Science tells us that we are biologically wired for connection. Like that's why we are here. I mean, and, and science shows that if we don't have those nurturing connections from birth, that those children grow up to be not well. And I just, I think that that really, the health of your life, I think is directly related to the health of your friendships. And, and the second part to that is that it is hard work. And what I hear over and over again from women is I don't, I tried to be you know, communicate with my girlfriends and I met with X, Y, and Z and they just, they don't get it. Or I try to tell them that they can tell me their stories and they get really uncomfortable. Like our, we live in a culture that is uncomfortable talking about the hard stuff. And so what I teach is asking for what you want and, and, and prefacing conversations. And especially like if you know, and this tends to be like in heterosexual marriages where the man tends to be the fixer. So for all you guys listening, this is not the first time probably that you've heard <laughs> that most of the time women, we, as women, we don't need you to fix it. We just want you to listen, right? I mean, it's true. And so now in my marriage and in my, my friendships, like I preface the conversation sometimes with, here's what I need from you. I, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen while I spew this story. And that, but sometimes I do want advice. It's not that often, but sometimes I do. And I'll say like, what would you do? What should I do? But I, I think just asking for what you need. And I've heard over and over again from, from women it's, and, and men too saying like, I never knew how powerful that was. And I'm not saying like demand it, like be nice and kind when you ask for what you need from that relationship. So you mean to use like a really simple example, if you just need to talk about something and you don't need somebody to fix it, you're like, can I please just share this with you without you telling me that it's going to be okay and how you're going to fix it? Exactly. And, okay. and like, I'll give you an example. I had to do that with my mother because, and that was probably the hardest one I've ever had to do because my mom is a big, like, oh, she's, she likes to put a silver lining on it and oh honey, it'll be fine. You know, tomorrow's, that was her thing growing up and still I'm 41 years old and she'll still say tomorrow's a new day, you know, and I kind of want to punch her in the face. Like I love you mom, but enough already with the tomorrow's a new day. And what's happening is that she's uncomfortable. She doesn't want to see her daughter in pain or discomfort. So she's going to try to just like throw some glitter on it and then it'll be okay. And it got to the point where we, we had just moved to Greensboro and my husband was about to lose his job. So we had moved across the country for this job. And my husband was, it was like imminent going to be let go. And it was a hard time for the Owen family. And I was on the phone with my mom and I'm telling her, and she's silver lining it. And I'm like, and I kind of lost it. And I was like, sometimes I need you to just listen and tell me, oh, honey, that sucks. Is there anything I can do to help you? Or what do you need from me right now? And so, and then I had to circle back and apologize to my mom and, and in, a, in a nice way say, sometimes I don't want you to say 
the tomorrow, like that was a really hard thing we were, we were going through. Cause then what, then what happens? Like if I don't say that and she keeps doing it, then I'm not going to want to tell her anything. I'm not going to want to tell her the hard stuff about my special needs child because she's going to keep doing this. And so we have to just with kindness, which I want to reiterate, I did not do that the first time with her and <laughs> had to apologize. I'm not we, we rarely do with our moms. <laughs> with mothers, it's a different story. Yeah. But now it's different. And it, it was all because I was really brave and had to take a deep breath and say, mom, I know that you're just trying to make me feel better. And I know that you don't like to see me uncomfortable. But when I tell you these tough stories, I need you to just say, and then I lay it out for her. And it's amazing what can happen when you, because she wants to do, you know, she wants to do what I want and wants to make me comfortable whether it's your mother, your best friend, or your husband. And so you're saying, ask for what you want. <laughs> the short story is yes. <laughs> and if you're getting a vibe from somebody that you need to rely on, then call the vibe out. So if I'm sharing something and I'm like, hold on, I feel like you're getting your back up about this, or I feel like I've offended you in some way, or I feel like you're resenting this in some way. It, if if you are in a trusting relationship with somebody, you have to be able to say that type of thing to them. I like that you said that if you're in a trusting relationship. So that example that you said when you were at the restaurant with those other couples is, and, and I would also challenge you too. like when you said, like, I don't even know what to say right now. You could just stand in your marriage and say, I love the crap out of my husband. Or mm-hmm. I, I love to be around him. So I like to touch him whenever he is within touching distance of me. Mm-hmm. So that's you taking a stand for your marriage and just saying, yes, this is exactly how it works over here. This is who I am. All right. I like it. I hope that there are some things in there that other people can use. Cause I, I know there are for me, but before we wrap up, I have a couple more questions for you. So what do you do if you're in a bad one? What if you're, you're in a relationship that doesn't serve you anymore? Because we evolve and the people that we are friends with when we were 21 might not be growing in the same direction that we're growing in, or they might genuinely, truly not be capable of being your friend in mm-hmm. that moment. Or maybe there's something that you're not able to serve them anymore. So what do you do? Like, how do you extricate yourself in a grown up way? Because we know the non grown up way. It's to just like be busy all the time. This is tricky. So I would never advise someone to do that unless they have tried to like if they have said what's there and they've, you know, asked for what they need and it's just not being reciprocated. So if that person is, if you are sure that this person cannot be the type of friend that you want them to be, then it's, it's interesting. Like I wrote about this in my, in my book and I basically said, you, you have two choices. You can ghost them, you know, which is basically you just don't call them back anymore. You don't email them. And I, I think I said in my book, that's like the less mature way to do it. Uh, or you could, have the conversation. And, and, you know, a few years have passed and I've, I've talked to my colleagues about this and I I have one particular colleague who's, um, she's actually a dating coach for singles and she disagrees with the ghosting thing. And she's like, and I love her point. She says, her name's Kira Sabin. She said, if, if you don't tell people what's going on, how can they change? They can't. And so, you know, having been a girl myself who has been broken up with by a friend and I didn't know why, I wish that she would have told me. And and I know now why it was because I was a hot mess and I had too much drama. And But it was painful enough that she broke up with me, but it would have been extra painful for her to tell me. But I think in retrospect, it would have been really helpful for me in future relationships. And so the thing that I think trips people up is they're like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings and, you know, and all that. And I, and this is a reminder that I, I have to remind myself of this a lot too. We are not responsible for other people's feelings. That doesn't mean that we get to be a jerk, 
but it just means that we are not responsible for somebody else's feelings. So as long as you can, you can come at the conversation from a place of kindness, then I think it's okay to tell that person what's going on. And I think it's important to as well. Yeah, it's tough, but I mean, it's part of being a grown-up. Exactly. It is part of being a grown-up and it is hard. I'm not going to pretend it's not hard. Probably the least thing that you want to do on your to-do list. But I do think that those kinds of conversations, like you have to gear up for them. It's not just like you decide right now and pick up the phone and just, just really be kind. And the other thing is I want to remind people is that if you muster up the courage, having that, having that discomfort is honestly easier than two years of just like being a jerk or, mm-hmm. or playing or a dodging, game. Dodging and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and it's so much, it's just, it's hard, but it's authentic. And the ugly, bad truth is always so much better than a pretty lie because it gets super, super inconvenient and just ends up blowing up and hurting everybody. So just, you know, ponder that. Okay. I have one more question for you. I've had listeners say, I actually don't know how to find my people. And this is a real problem, especially Mm -hmm. in today's day and age. In fact, I did a show on just like how to connect with people, how to meet people, like just straight up tactics for meeting people. Um, But how do you truly find and forge friendships in this weird, weird time that we live in. Yeah. And I think it's, it's such a, it's a, such a common question. And I probably, I might have some of the same um, tools that, that you mentioned in your episode. I think it's a matter of absolutely getting out there. It's just, it's the same as, you know, like going out for applying for a job. And so I'll give you a quick story. When I, we, born and raised in San Diego, we were there for 36 years and then we moved to Utah for a couple of years and having not lived anywhere else in the country except one place, mm-hmm. when we moved, I just thought like in six months, I would like have my group of girlfriends and we would be great. And that did not happen. And so I was complaining on the, fo- on the phone to one of my friends and she was like, well, what have you done to go in and meet people? I'm like, well, nothing, you know, like we didn't go to church out there. We didn't really do anything. Like I belonged to one gym and it was just the one gym. <laughs> was like a small Pilates studio. So it wasn't like huge. So I got my butt out there and I started doing more things to actually meet people. And it kind of worked, but like what? I joined roller derby, which is something I'd always wanted to do. <laughs> and I met some Obviously. derby girls. I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> yeah. And I also started to be more proactive when I was at the Pilates gym. And I would say, and this was so uncomfortable, but I would be like, the next time you guys go out, like invite me. And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. And um, it was it was hard. I think it was hard there. The culture was very different from what I was used to. And so when we moved here, I kind of had a better like, okay, I get it. Like I have to actually try to make friends because you're not in high school or college anymore where you have this huge built in network of people to pick from. So I joined the PTA. I, my daughter wanted to be in Girl Scouts and I got involved in the school. So I was going to be around other moms who I, you know, knew that eventually some of them would kind of gravitate towards me and it worked. And I want to say this too. I think that we live in a day and age where, you know, information is instantaneous. We are, we love our instant gratification. Unfortunately, trust and friendships aren't built that way. Trust is, science tells us that trust is built in small increments over time. And this goes back to the whole like hot wiring a connection. It's like you really, I have done this. I've done this within the last year and I had to apologize and call myself out over it where I've like gossiped in order to like, like I really like this girl and I, and I know something about someone that we know. So I'm going to tell you this story so we can like bond over it. I did Mm -hmm. that. 
I had to, oh, I had to circle back, but, um, I, you know, don't do that. <laughs> it's <laughs> super easy. Natural. It's super easy. Give your, yeah. I, I commend you for being accountable for it. Just, yeah, just these natural conversations and you have to be patient and that's, what's really hard. And we, you know, we want them now. And, and, um, you know, I have this one woman that I, I really like out here and luckily our, our girls, our daughters like to play and, I had stopped by there for some reason and we ended up having like an hour long conversation at her dining room table about like our former marriages and, and we just had that out. We had a lot in common. And so that's that progression. It's just, you know, trust is built a little bit over time. So now, you know, like I have to do my part in the friendship and not gossip to her or about her, you know, and it's like, it's these little things that we, we have to do to nurture these friendships. Yeah, it's so important. And I know that some of this stuff can sound slightly trite when you talk about how to meet people and engage with people. But the truth is, like, it's not complicated. It's it's simple. It's just not easy. Those are different things. And so just honestly, just being open to it, I believe is half the battle, Andrea, just having an open energy and open body language and getting yourself out there and being willing to be vulnerable in any given moment where I I talk about just ask somebody a question. Like if you see somebody that you feel like you could relate to, or you want to get to know, ask them a question. You will immediately know when you make eye contact, whether, you know, you're annoying them or whether they're somewhere to go with that and whether you can, I mean, it's so much like dating. It's ridiculous. It is, it is so much like dating. And I just wanted to throw something else out there too, is meetup.com is a great place to meet people. Like if you love bulldogs, I'm sure that you could find a bulldog group that meets at the dog park at a certain time of the week where you can meet your people. And just, I think that meetup.com is amazing. Okay. We'll share that. I don't know if that's global. I think it might be. I don't know. No, it's great either way. Okay. So you guys, I hope this is a little bit helpful and I know, I mean, I appreciate your patience with Andrea and I, as we sort of just riff on this, but honestly, like I just wanted to have a conversation with Andrea and have you guys sit in on it. I would have much more like to talk about you more. Can we ask your audience if they would be okay with that? If I, okay, you guys, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Better not edit this You're out. I, up. I, everybody, I wanted to coach Ella on the air and like, you know, ask her the meaty questions. And so I wonder if your audience would like that. <sighs> I'll tell them all about my childhood traumas <laughs> and why women scare the hell out of me. And yeah. no, but you know what? I have to say something. This is, um, this is really important. Having this community and Andrea, I know you'll know what I'm talking about. Having this community has given me a female tribe. I have male listeners too. I'm not excluding them. I'm just saying it has been an extremely positive experience. That's sort of like rebuilding my, my faith in like the female tribe a little bit, just because uh, connecting with these women and hearing their stories and, and being friends with you guys, my listeners and being a part of your life, like that's actually restored a part of me that I don't know how to explain it. Andrea, maybe you can help me. (laughs) <laughs> maybe it's like restored your faith in um in humanity <laughs> i was trying <laughs> not i was trying not to say that <laughs> oh, i, I always know. say the thing that nobody wants to say so don't ask me <laughs> <laughs> well here's here's the god's honest truth the truth is i believe that we are so powerful and like that's what drives me crazy about women and female friendships is if we actually focused our attention and our energy on what we could do instead of what we don't have have or how bad I look or how fat I am or what mm-hmm. she did to me or why I have a beef with somebody like if we actually focus our energy together on you know getting some done we would be absolutely uns 
unstoppable. And so it drives me crazy when we like sort of drown in the mire a little bit. And I want more. I want more than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of that, I mean, we could go on and on about that. But I think a lot of that comes down to talking about stuff that matters. Like I, I would have had, I would have had to bite my tongue if I was in the room with you that day when that, when those women gave you those snide remarks, like, <laughs> because for me sometimes, and this is so much like my mother, like, I, like I need to put a filter on it, but I would have wanted to say, well, what's going on in your marriage that you haven't <laughs> been talking about that sucks so bad? Like, yeah. tell me and I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll be here. I might not be able to fix it, but I can at least hear your story because it sounds like it's like that. That woman was hurting is what I'm trying to for say. For sure. For sure. All right, guys, I know you want more Andrea. I will link to where to find her. I'll link to Andrea's books, to her blog and to her podcast. And you guys can get lots, lots more Andrea as she flays the soul of everyone that she talks <laughs> to. Andrea, you do amazing work, and I am blessed to call you my friend, and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and trying to give it to me. Oh, well, that sounds personal. <laughs> Although we have played Cards Against Humanity together, which is very intimate. Okay, <laughs> you're breaking up. Okay. All right, thanks for having me. Bye. Okay, guys, it's just me. All right, I told you I learned a lot. I want to share some of my takeaways with you. My first lesson learned is that I can't just hold my mic. I need to put it back on the mic stand because you could hear every time I moved. So I'm sorry about that. Lesson number one. Lesson number two. Holy cow, do I have some issues. I am very aware that I have trust issues with women and my female friendships. But holy cow, did you hear how uncomfortable I was? Did you hear? Did did Could you feel my intimacy issues? <laughs> The very fact that I even set this slice of the pie up almost incorrectly, as Andrea pointed out in her way, social life is not about intimate relationships. In fact, the social life slice of the pie is really um, much more surface level than our intimate relationships. But did you hear what I did? I lumped in all of my friendships into the social life piece of the pie because I wasn't even thinking of them as intimate relationships. And we will talk about intimate relationships later. We're doing a show on that as well. Obviously, that's one of the other slices of the life balance wheel. But did you catch what I did there? So I wasn't even thinking of my close tribe members, my closest friends as an intimate relationship and I lumped them all in together with people I would just go to the movies with into the social life slice. So that one reveal for me was very, very insightful. The other thing that I learned and is just that it's messy and it's hard and it's not neat and tidy and I have a lot of work to do. And wow, is it interesting holding a big fat mirror up to your face. <laughs> like this. But that's okay. This is one of the slices of the pie that I want to focus on this year or this season. So I want to start turning some of my effort and my attention into this neglected slice of the pie. And I know you do too, because you shared your responses with me in that survey that I asked you. And it's on, I put, I emailed it to you guys on my mailing list. And then I put it also, I think on Facebook, but you have shared some of your own feedback with me on relationships and social life. And I'm going to share some of your comments in the blog post, which you can find with episode 84 at onairwithella.com. I'll share your comments there so that you guys can read other people's comments about where they're struggling or thriving with their social life and their friendships. But honestly, I don't want to try to make this sound neat and tidier than it is because it's not. It's messy and it's hard and it's an area that I want to work on. But there are a couple of key takeaways that I want to highlight with you. First of all, we need friends. Now, 
that might be dead obvious to so many of you. But quite frankly, that's a hypothesis I hadn't fully accepted. Having this conversation really made me think about the benefits of having close friends and that they serve a different role in our lives than our most intimate partner, for example, or our mom or a sister. Okay. The other area that I thought was super useful was in talking about how to deal with the hard stuff. That's not just breaking up with a friend or breaking up with friends who are no longer serving you or you are not serving them, but also just that undercurrent that we talked about, that undercurrent of tension or competition or whatever that might look like for you, and just calling it out and talking about some of the hard stuff, not just some of the hard stuff that's going on in your life and being able to have a trusted circle where you can talk about that with other people, but calling out the hard stuff when you aren't getting what you need from your friend and being able to call out these undercurrents and these competitive tones in friendships. But there's one more point I want to make there. This competition thing that we have in our friendships, guys have it, women have it, it is such a waste of time. It is such a waste of energy. Like there is enough success, there is enough beauty, there is enough love, there is enough money, there is enough health and wellness to go around. And your friend's successes take nothing from you. If you feel threatened when somebody else is succeeding, sit with that, like spend a little time with that. And every, please, everybody does, right? I can name you five examples in the past week where I felt like that, right? But if you can hold a mirror up to yourself in those moments and you say, there is nothing but abundance, there is plenty, I have enough, there is enough to go around. And her happiness does not take away from my potential happiness. His success does not chip away at my potential for success. And remind ourselves that there is enough to go around. We would be such, such better friends. So that's my challenge to us right now, is to just start thinking in abundance and reminding ourselves that there's enough to go around and being a better friend in that capacity. Finally, if you are having trouble making friends, get out there. Truly, you could do more. Get yourself out there, make yourself a little bit vulnerable, have an open body language, bring an open energy into the things that you do. One listener wrote to me and said, volunteering has helped me in making friends and having an active social life. I teach yoga on a volunteer basis. I'm active in our homeowners association. I volunteer regularly at the homeless shelter and I'm active in our church. And so she was doing really, really well in social life on her life balance wheel. And largely because she's just putting herself out there. Life is too short to live in an isolated fashion. Get yourself out there. And P.S., thanks for being such a good friend to me. This tribe, I am so honored that you would spend time with me and that we can spend this time together. Thank you for being in my circle. Catch you later. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.